So I try to I try to keep things a little fun, for lack of a better word, just to mm-hmm. make things like, oh, cool. Like, you know, the album covers are very comic booky, and it's focusing, like, the titles of people are very comic booky. But if you think about what the songs mean, which is my hope, is that you see the political undertones. Thank you. 
Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast Podcast, your top podcast source for live, local, regional music, interviews, and events from Rochester, New York, and its surrounding area. I'm your host, Ben Albert. We just heard Fun in 82 by local alternative folk master, Chaz Hearn. Fun in 82 is featured on Chaz's new album, Rise of the Voluminous. As you may have guessed, in this episode, I have Chaz Hearn on the show. Chaz just, and I mean just, moved back to Rochester. After spending the better half of a decade in Chicago, he was developing his music career there. By just moved back, I mean literally just about a month ago. So he's new back, back onto this scene here. Let's all, chill. Let's all show Chaz some love. Show some Rochester love. Support this talented singer-songwriter. Really hope you enjoy this episode, and I really hope you enjoy his music. In this episode, Chaz and I discuss some of the opportunities and struggles of building a music career. We discuss the ambitious conceptual writing of his albums. Chaz writes politically infused sort of concept albums. They all take on a theme. And they take on a comic book influenced, sort of superhero influenced vibe of writing. Very unique, very cool. We'll also get to hear um, we'll get to hear some of Chaz's personal music recommendations. A lot of good stuff here on this episode with a talented local writer. Please do enjoy the episode and listen on to the very end for a surprise closing number. Check out the show notes if you want more information on Chaz and the Rochester Groovecast. But for now, let's get it on. Here is me and Chaz. So I'm here with Chaz Goodman, yeah. stage name Chaz Hearn. That's right. And um, you just moved here from moved back here, yeah, from Chicago. And um, so you grew up here, and then you moved out to Chicago, and you're back home. Why'd you choose to to move to Chicago? Uh, it was, I think, a number of reasons. A lot of my friends were going to New York City, which was cool. It just seemed really, really big, kind of dirty, a little loud, and mm-hmm. I think Chicago had all the aspects that I liked about New York City with not as many of the things that I didn't like. Because I do love New York as a tourist, but just living there just didn't seem like what I wanted. Chicago was a little more affordable, and there was just a really 
great. I was just, I sort of associated Chicago more with like music, like Pitchfork and mm. uh, all that great stuff that's happening there. And over like New York, which I sort of associate more with sort of like Broadway and everything. Um, but Chicago's got a lot of personality and it's really an awesome city. Yeah, great. And how long are you living down there for playing music? I mean, I was there seven years. So. Oh, so seven years. Yeah. Yeah, and so... It wasn't a quick trip. No, no, it was pretty crazy. I moved there when I was 22, and now I'm almost 30. I'm like, all right, let's go back to Rochester and cool. get to know this scene. But I was in a number of different bands. I was in a bluegrass band, a rock band, and then the whole time just pursuing my solo stuff as well. Great, great. And yeah. what was the music scene like down there? Did you get a lot of gigs or...? Yeah, the cool thing about Chicago is that there's so many venues, and there's a lot of cool... There's a lot of restaurants or even private parties that I could play, which would give you a decent paycheck. But then there was also just amazing venues and a lot of festivals to play. But I found as soon as you start leaving the city and going out into the greater Midwestern area, there's a lot of room for growth there. But yeah, so there's a lot of competition in Chicago. There's always Mm -hmm. a million things to do. But honestly, I think if you network and you can meet some great people, there's amazing amazing opportunities and i met some really cool artists that i got a chance to open for and it was just a lot of fun awesome awesome any anyone come to mind that we maybe have heard of or and if not i can check them out well i really i really like this group uh they're called baskery and they're originally from sweden it's these three sisters who one of them plays banjo while she's playing a bass drum with her foot then the other one plays a double bass and the other one plays guitar and they they're folky, but they also rock out a lot. They're mm-hmm. really cool, but they're based now out of L.A., and they tour around a lot. I don't know how often they come to Rochester, but they're really good. Um, and then there was another group called Francis Luca Chord. It's a duo, um, mostly mandolin guitar, and those guys are really awesome. They helped record my first solo album, and then one of them mixed my second EP that I had recorded. So I'd say those are two of the ones who I really loved playing with. Uh, and we may see Francis Lucord comes to New York City, Pittsburgh occasionally, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to get him to come up to the Rochester area. I think they would fit in well here. Yeah, it's um, Bug Jar is a good venue that I could see catering for, for that kind of show. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you've got those two albums, and now you just released your third. Is it a full length or an EP? Yeah, it's eight tracks, so I guess it's an EP. I feel like six it's, or less is an EP. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the rules. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, albums are often 10, 12 tracks and still only 30-something minutes, so yeah. it doesn't have to be 80 minutes to be a full length. No, and that's but. sort of, well, uh, so I think I'm calling it a full length because my debut solo album was politically focused, uh, and it was called The Legend of Core Dynamo, and it's sort of the political aspect of it is this, it's, it's politically focused, but there's sort of a symbolism to it where, like, Core Dynamo is this sort of comic book type character, and it's essentially okay. standing for, like, the leader of a society. And the whole album is about this person who's looking for a perfect Core Dynamo, aka, like, someone who's never been corrupted, never done anything wrong. And it's sort of autobiographical of my mm. discovery of, because I used to think, oh, we don't have a perfect president now, but at some point we had a perfect president. And then I look back and, like, every president has had their mistakes and no one Lots is perfect. Lots of baggage on most, you know, yeah. most of them have. Because it's, it's a tough job. So mm-hmm. that was uh, back in 2015. And then this new one is sort of a commentary on how 
we are not perfect and we could be doing more. Uh, since last year's election, a lot of people started to focus a lot more on activism, or at mm -hmm. least from my personal experience, people who weren't involved in activism are more inspired to because we're in a very divisive time right now. So it's the time to really get inspired, especially for our generation. So Rise of the Voluminous is talking about the people who have always been taking advantage of the system and how we can sort of hold ourselves accountable and what we can do from here. So they're both full-length albums because they relate to each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's a running theme throughout the entire album? Yeah, so every song plays into the theme and both of them sort of use comic book type characters to illustrate a point but if what, you what is a comic book type character well like so the core dynamo is a superhero who okay. and i say in the not an everyday man yeah that's yeah. right so it's like the core dynamo is supposed to be the leader but and the whole point of him is he's a symbol of like the superhuman politician who never does anything wrong and so he's like seven feet tall, his eyes shoot lasers, and he's got a sword of justice. So it's just mm -hmm. a bunch of like fun imagery. But if you read between the lines, you sort of see the political undertones. Because I say he battled monsters at least 44 times, which is like a reference like the 44 presidents. Mm -hmm. And now he lives in an oval layer like the Oval Office and sort of stuff like that. And then yeah. Voluminous Man is sort of just a symbol of the class of people who've been controlling things for a long time, but I think there was an inevitable Donald Trump influence there just because mm -hmm. he is just sort of a voluminous person. He likes to fill himself up. So that was the influence for that he's one. He's a big, bold person regardless. <laughs> yes. No matter what you think. He's yeah, whether you like him or not. An he's, icon yeah. of, of sorts. Hey, Groovaholics, you still with us? Just wanted to take a short intermission to change up the pace a little bit and play another track by Chaz Hearn, of course. Here's another single from his new album, Rise of the Voluminous. Here is Spicy in the Dim Halls by Chaz Hearn. You all my friends go upside down with that little brown. <laughs> I thought I saw your face again. I saw you all my friends, but looking round, you're all just clowns. If you see Shining through <gasps> Nor do you If only you could 
something specifically that inspired you to to take this political are you a big comic book guy i mean it's they're two very different things comic books politics yeah um, is, I, don't, I don't know well yeah. i think the inspiration is like i think politics is something that i'm always constantly thinking about because i love to read about history i've read biographies on most of the presidents because i just i'm so curious on what makes them tick mm. and why they do the things they do so I think politics has always been an interest. Comic books has been an interest since my childhood. And I remember I was watching this concert DVD of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, where they were singing a song just chanting, let's impeach the president. <laughs> and I think it's because they were very emotional about it. And they were very, and they were talking about George W. Bush. And I oh, okay. get that. And so I was writing songs mm-hmm. sort of like that. That was just outright like, oh, I'm so angry at this person for this. But then I thought like, I kind of want to make it Sort of, a, yeah. Nuance kind yeah, of thing. exactly. So maybe like a layer to it, and saying like, you know, let's let's make it so even if I disagree with someone politically, they can say I don't. Maybe I don't agree with you politically, but I enjoy your songs. I enjoy the stories you portray, and just sort of also just so it's not just me screaming at people and being <laughs> upset all the time. So mm-hmm. I try to keep some songs upbeat and also just have sort of like a fantasy element because I like fantasy and I like comic books so I can somehow combine both those. Mm, it's a full experience. Um, yeah. yeah. So you've got some upbeat, some more ballad-like or... Yeah, well, and that's another thing is that I love folk music and I love rock music so Core Dynamo and Rise of the Voluminous both have a lot of crazy outright rock songs mm-hmm. and then some really nuanced quiet folk songs because I just don't want to pick one or the other. Although I did do an EP last year that was just pure folk because I just wanted to see what that would be like because a lot of people really enjoy the folk stuff and it's easier for me to recreate live because I don't have a permanent drummer or anything. So I did, it was like six songs that I partnered with this cello player singer and it was pretty much just the two of us, the whole album. It's very banjo, acoustic guitar, cello focused. So... Mm. I would say folk is probably my first love just because it's easier for me to do live, but I love rock and roll too, so mm-hmm. why pick something? Yeah, and there's a time and place for both. Yeah. And so and so you banjo is your main instrument that you play? Or? Yeah, I would say I probably have more guitar songs than banjo, but if I'm ever playing by myself, I just really enjoy the banjo because 
it's sort of it's an instrument you don't see as often. It's also just something that I just really like the mm-hmm. way it sounds by itself. Um, I think a big influence on me was Sufjan Stevens. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the way he plays banjo. Sort of like a mild folk person. He's not like this crazy, amazing, quick twang banjo player, but he's uh, also yeah. u- using the banjo the way a banjo should be. Mm-hmm. And so, is that that kind of your style, or do you use any pedals or anything different, or are you just playing it as it sounds in the flesh? I play the banjo com- mostly unplugged, or if I plug in, I just plug in directly. Mm-hmm. So I don't do much pedals with my banjo, but I do have an electric guitar. Uh, especially now that I'm without a band, I like to just loop that, and I do have a lot of okay. fun. Yeah, pedals for the electric guitar. Um, but as for the banjo, I like to just sort of let it speak for itself. In fact, when I went on a tour in June with this cello player, we played a lot of house shows that were just completely unplugged, just us in the living room and a whole crowd watching us. And I think, I think that's another reason I love folk is because there's just this really great intimate atmosphere of just playing completely unplugged. Mm-hmm. It's fun, you know, a house show. It's nice and quiet, intimate. Oh yeah. Unplugged. That is a lot of fun. And the louder you get, the harder it is to do that kind of show. For sure, yeah. yeah. And it's also, I mean, people will go to a rock show and have a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, people listen to music for different reasons. Some mm-hmm. people just go because they want to have fun. I really like to get to the nuance of the music. And at a rock show, people are going. They're talking loudly. They're it's dancing. Kind of screaming. Yeah, just like, and they're just there just for the experience. But sure. in a house show, nine times out of ten, it's completely silent. It's just people just honing in on the music and that's amazing that's just so hard to beat very cool yeah i mean that's they've got a genre called arena rock and it's for that reason you know you can fill a loud arena it's loud blaring music but then with folk you kind of want that nuance you want it to be a little quiet um even hearing you know maybe a little bit of an off note um, oh yeah not everything's gonna sound perfect you know and that, yeah, that's part of the raw experience. I can appreciate that. For sure. I mean, that doesn't, not to say that I don't love good live, like intense oh, yeah, rock absolutely. shows. But, and that's the cool thing about Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young is that I think they were a big influence because they sort of they're straddled that the, line. Yeah, they're kind of in between. Yeah. I never would, didn't think about that. Huh? Yeah. Although their folk stuff in those crazy big stadiums doesn't translate as well as, like, there's this great concert, this BBC concert of just Crosby and Nash on mm-hmm. YouTube, and I love that because it's like just 20 people in the room, oh, and nice. that's just better for the folk. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got to get back into them. Oh, yeah. Them, <laughs> other than maybe coming on the radio, haven't listened to those guys in five, six years, probably. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. to say that there's not, I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says there's not good music now, because I think oh, yeah. that's just not true. There's more music being made now than ever before, mm-hmm. so that just means you're not looking hard enough, but the classics are still great. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any new music that you've been listening to that's came out recently? Any, um, any mentors or idols of yours? I'm a huge fan of uh, Sharon Van Etten. Mm-hmm. I really like her. She's just a really passionate singer-songwriter, and just her voice is unlike anything else I've ever heard. Um, I love the Fleet Foxes. Okay. <laughs> I'd yeah. say they're probably one of my biggest influences because I, when I record, I overdub a ton of stuff, and I love to just do, like, eight jazz vocals in a row okay. uh, all over each other to create like my own version of Fleet Foxes. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just released their first album in like six years last year, and it was very cool to see them come back on the scene. Mm-hmm. Good for them. And that's yeah. cool. So you, in any given song, there might be eight, nine 
<laughs> overdub voices. Yeah. yeah. So um, on on the one year EP and then Rise of the Voluminous, I recorded both of those entirely out of my apartment, except for the drums. And yeah, like I don't know, I'd say like eighty percent of both of them are just me, just overdubbed a lot. So that's another reason why I like to just keep the banjo and keep it simple live because I think an album is a different performance. You know, you can do things on an album that you couldn't do live. And Absolutely. I just like to, yeah, I like to make them sound different. So I do, I love harmonies. So I just really, I love to record a ton of my voices at once. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I've, I, have you ever done this maybe, but there's those YouTube videos where they'll take a video of each part and then it'll fill in blocks. And by the end, you've got like the main line in the middle and then all these harmonies I don't know if that makes sense. It, think, at least, yeah. at or least. like the video of them recording each part, you mean? Yeah, or, so yeah. It, basically it shows them, as you do the overdub, it shows it, and then a new one comes on the screen, and then a new one, and then you've got a screen of like nine of you, and there's like one guy like doing the beatbox, and yeah. what's well, all you, but yeah. bass, and then the just fun thing man <laughs> i should do that i don't know much about video stuff i don't think it would be that Whole difficult new world. i hey. would love to try that that would be very cool you would just need to be recording while yeah, just recording the video recording the video oh yeah i should i should try that that's that and i think that would be a really fun way to show how i build songs so that's a good idea Mm-hmm. that's very cool those are fun yeah oh and also as for local acts i mean i've just I've been back in the Rochester scene for not that long, but I've really been enjoying uh, the Honey Smugglers who we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, the Crooked North is a great band to listen to. Uh, they're incredible. They're, yeah, they're really fun. Like Bluegrass, I love their banjo player. I think Ben uh, is just this unbelievable banjo player. So mm -hmm. he's where I want to be in terms of like how quick and great he is. Uh, I saw Folk Faces play. So there's been some really cool, um, great people that I've been getting to know all great bands yeah. and if any if you or anyone listening wants to check out on my podcast um i've got live recordings of all those bands oh awesome i've had bry and then zach from the honey smugglers on the show oh excellent and then i had tyler from folk faces on the show oh, i love it is he so, the guitarist for folk faces yeah he's the guitar yeah. guitar and vocals yeah he's he's great yeah i saw them at anthology and they did a halloween uh, it was a Halloween show, mm -hmm. and so they were dressed up as different presidents, which was funny. Well, the bass player was Putin, and the drummer was Obama, and then the saxophonist was Bill Clinton, and she had, like, a billboard of Bill Clinton's face just, like, on the side of her face, so then she could, like, face not facing the audience. It just looked like Bill Clinton was just smiling while she played sax, which is pretty funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I'm bummed. I, mi I actually I went to that show. Oh, nice. But I missed folk faces because I was oh. at a different concert that evening. Yeah. And, um, damn, I'm, I'm bummed I missed that. There's got to be a picture online or something. I'm sure, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I think I tweeted a video of them doing it. Just oh, it was yeah. such a such a trip to watch. And then, of course, the guitarist was Donald Trump, so he was, you know, really milking that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. That's funny. Yeah, the Smugglers, that same show, yeah. did, like, a space theme. That's right, yeah, and they had They're a... See, like, this is my first time seeing them. Do they oh. always have, like, a narrator, like, saying, Smugglers, no. are you... Okay, because that was really funny. That the, was it awesome. was... <laughs> That was actually um, Jeff Dale of Three Heads Brewery. Was oh, the no narrator, way. yeah. That was very cool. I, like, I hear his voice. I'm like, oh, I know that voice. But, <laughs> That's um, really cool. That was, that was, they don't do that all the time, but yeah. they just did the space theme, so they played... Um, they played Space Oddity, space yeah. Space Oddity. <laughs> they played Black Hole Sun. 
you know that song? And that's right. And yeah, <laughs> just that's random, awesome. random covers. And it's yeah. Rochester, man. Yeah, there's a, a great character. Scene. Yeah, and I've, um, I mean, two others that I really enjoyed. I saw a video of John Lewis, and then I think her name is okay. Susanna Rose. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, big fans incredible. of both of them. Yeah. So it's nice to see that there's some amazing folk going on here. Mm-hmm. Have you been playing many shows? I know, I know you just moved back. but Yeah. Um, I did a house show... Uh, it was the 10th, so not that long ago, and that was a, a blast. I did it actually with a friend of mine from Chicago who was coming through, and she plays piano. Her name's Sarah Ada, and mm. she's just really good, and she's like, hey, I'm coming through town. Do you know of anything? And I just got a bunch of friends together, and we just did a house show on a living room in Webster outside of Rochester, and that was a blast. We had, like, around 50 people and just, like, oh, wow. very yeah. respectful, like, people just... You know, just quietly listening. It was just a blast. I love that stuff. And I was playing completely unplugged, as I like to do. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, it was fun. House show. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to keep an eye out for more shows in the future. Oh, just for sure. Less less private events, right? Yeah, no. It's a, and this house show was open to all, but it's like I'm still getting to know people and everything, sure. so I'm definitely going to try and do another one of those at some point soon with another Rochester band that I've met, hopefully soon, but I know I'm looking forward to, I'm going to do some Temple Bar thing with mm-hmm. you coming up and then hopefully try and get into the Rochester club scene very soon. Yeah, uh, Daily Refresher, Bug Jar, lots of lots of places catering to like the singer-songwriter kind of icon, so... Yeah, I love that. And I'm yeah. also looking for people to play with, you know. Like, sure. Do you have any members of, of any of your bands here? No, no. I, every every real connection I had is over still in Chicago. So sure. I'm just uh, starting from scratch. But mm-hmm. hopefully start something soon. So why was it you moved to Rochester? Just to get back into the scene? or Yeah, just I think... You're starting from scratch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think just uh, the idea of moving to Chicago was always going to be temporary mm. and just sort of, uh, I got married recently and we we're just sort of like thinking like, you know, we're thinking about settling down, getting like a nice place somewhere and just Chicago is an expensive place to live. And I'm like, it'd be nice to go back to Rochester where I have some family mm-hmm. and still some friends, even back from high school days and just sort of get to know this scene. And the more I started going to local shows in Rochester, when I was home from just random times in Chicago, I just started to see there's a really great folk scene here. And so I just, and a lot of my good friends from Chicago had been moving on. A lot of them started touring more and more often. So I was just like, I'd rather be a regional artist in Rochester than Chicago. Mm, Yeah. It's it's a good place to settle down. I mean, the suburbs surrounding the city are all real nice. Yeah. Good education system. Yeah. If you you plan on having kids, but. Who knows? (laughs) But yeah, it's, I think, I'm surprised I haven't moved temporarily yet because I see myself coming back to Rochester when I'm older, regardless of where I go, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Chicago has a lot of cool stuff going on, but I do think, yeah, just Rochester is just a much, it's just, I think I associated Rochester with like the high school, like when I was in high school, since that's when I last lived in Mm -hmm. this area. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to live there. What's there to do? But then as I explored, I'm like, oh no, it's actually a really amazing city. I just didn't realize it when I was 17. Absolutely. (laughs) And were you playing music in high school? No, I mean, just like I sang in a lot of choirs and stuff in high school, but no... I was just sort of playing guitar amongst myself. I was in a band, a folk trio called The Perfect Strangers, where it's just mm. me on guitar and then 
two other guys who I knew from chorus. And so the three of us just sang harmonies. Um, so that was a lot of fun. We did, we played, but mostly just sort of played at friends' houses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You weren't touring the globe. No. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Yeah. Cool. And how, how many, pro- what other projects have you been a part of? Well, I was in a bluegrass group called the Puffins, who I guess like the closest comparison I can think of is the Crooked North. Like it's mm. a similar, just like pure bluegrass sound. Pure, yeah. Yeah. Although I'd say like the Crooked North seems to, well, they have uh, a really good violinist and then like, but a lot of it is really focused on Ben on the banjo doing like a lot of that solo stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. the Puffins was all about our violinist who she had been playing violin for 30 years and just like unbelievable. So... Uh, it was like this singer-songwriter dude who wrote these really quick, snappy, two, maybe two-minute, four-second songs. Okay. And he would sing, and then there was a harmony guy who would play tambourine, and then this woman, Jen, would play violin. And then I was just banjo, just sort of adding a little color to it, but it was just all about Jen and her mm-hmm. violin solos. Uh, you guys are all amazing. setting the yeah. stage for her to just start shredding it up. Exactly. She was the real star. Of the show, so the Puffins was really good, and then I was in a rock group called the Overmen, um, where I was the main singer songwriter, but it was not a singer songwriter thing so much as I would just come up with the occasional vocal part, uh, but it was mostly jam based. And it was, uh, this guy Dan Powers, who was an unbelievable lead guitarist, who would just I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna sing this for about thirty seconds, and then you just go and do this great four minute symphony of a guitar solo and then we'll go from there and then this guy chris on bass who was just really like to do a lot of like cool harmonics and everything like that so it's a little more experimental and other than that it was just me and the banjo sweet man yeah what else do you what else do you have going on for the near future um well i don't know i'm sort of just trying to just probably just go into a lot more local shows and meeting Mm -hmm. people and getting to know which clubs I want to play at next. And I've been writing a lot of new songs and just trying to figure out what my next step is. I've been starting to record an acapella song, just completely focused on vocals and just, I always like to, it's a more overdubbing. Yeah, exactly. I always (laughs) like to do things in the studio that I can't do live. So I'm writing a lot right now. Cool, man. It's more more concept albums? Yeah, probably. I feel like that's just my favorite type of album is Mm -hmm. the way is when you listen to an album and like everything seems to sort of be a part of a bigger idea. So Mm -hmm. and even like that folk EP I was talking about was just it's six songs. It's called the one year EP and it covers different seasons and everything. It's just uh, the songs are supposed to just like flow into each other. So you barely even notice when they change tracks and just each song was written in the opposite time of year to deal with nostalgia. So I wrote a song about how much I yeah, yeah. like I wrote a song about how much I love winter in the summer. Like trying to look back on like it's like a really hot, uncomfortable day. You're like, oh, I love when it's snowy and mm-hmm. you put on a coat and it's just beautiful. Or like in the winter and you're freezing, you're like, oh, I love when I can just run outside in a yeah. t-shirt and everything. So <laughs> just sort of I love the idea of just an overall concept to an album. So there's six songs. There is one song a season or the, yeah each song four is seasons season. obviously yeah. so well each did, song's a season then what did you double song. up on yeah well there's um uh, it started off actually with uh so it was my idea it was my attempt to write a non-corny love song mm-hmm. um called spell and it was sort of inspired by the song wouldn't it be nice where it's not like oh i'd climb a mountain to be with you oh I'd yeah fight yeah, anyone. yeah it's not that it's more like wouldn't it be nice we're just saying like 
wouldn't it be nice just to wake up together and mm-hmm. everything? I love that Beach Boys song where it's just like a realistic love song. Like, all I want to do is just go to bed with you each night and wake up together. Yeah. And so this song, Spell, is just like saying, like, ah, oh, we're in a spell. We're just having a nice day, just walking around outside, being in love. And then it goes into all the different seasons. And then there's a song mm. in the middle called Go Back, which is actually sort of my internal thought process of going back to Rochester. So Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, it's just the four seasons. Very cool. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. like a, a simple-minded love song. Yeah. You're not jumping on grenades or walking yeah, exactly. thousands of miles to be with someone. You're just, hey, you know, we get along good. We're let's in love. Just, yeah, let's let's, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and then all the songs ended up sort of being love songs. Sometimes I'm hesitant to say that just because there's so many love songs, but Mm -hmm. I really like the way they play out. Like Autumn is like saying, let's go out into the garden uh, before it gets too cold. Let's just hang out and have a nice time. Just stuff like that. And like the song, Mm -hmm. the spring song is based on a story of one time uh, my wife and I had been talking about doing like a cool trip. And one time she was sleeping and I got into bed and she sat up really sharply and just said like, we should go to a national park sometime and then mm. laid back down. I think she was saying it in her sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah, she sat up. Yeah. So it's just like, so the spring song is like, Hey, as soon as it gets warm, let's go to a national park. So mm. just sort of like funny stories, things like that. Yeah. Or, or is a lot of your music based around personal experience? Or, oh, for sure. Uh, all these love songs are a lot of them about your wife or just yeah. channeling a feeling or no, they're about my wife. Yeah. I mean, we got together when I was 20 and now I'm okay. 29. So it's been like a really long, pretty much your whole music career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my whole adult life, my whole music career. So she's a huge influence on all this stuff, but also just, yeah, just sort of about the different feelings I have. Like every now and then I would occasionally write love songs in between all of my political cartoon, crazy rock songs. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to, try and find a place for all of those cool man yeah i i look forward to more music in the future and seeing you live oh thank you and um where where can people go to check you out uh chazhearn.com is the best spot and hearn spelled h-e-a-r-n-e and uh, so Chaz Hearn remains my stage name. I did take my wife's last name. Uh, her name's Jackie Goodman. Mm-hmm. And Goodman is just such a great last name. And she's always really loved it. And she didn't explicitly say I should take it. But it was just sort of one of those things where we were having a conversation about it. And I know, like, she has this button that she loves, like, that says, a good man is hard to find. And so she just really loves her last name. And I was like, well, it'd be nice if I had the same last name as my wife. So I was like, you know, I feel like... Chaz Goodman's a cool name. Like, I'll take that. But then Mm -hmm. I thought, I would like to hold on to some sort of element of Chaz Hearn, you know, the name I was born with. And so I'm like, okay, Chaz Hearn will be for stage name. Chaz Goodman will just be my mild-mannered, normal, non-music personality. (laughs) And and both names are good names. It's not like you have some weird stage name. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Going back to just... Like a simple love song, simple stage name. Yeah, Chaz Hearn. <laughs> Chaz Hearn. So yeah, H-E-A-R-N-E, ChazHearn.com. Uh, then you can find my Facebook page, my Twitter page, all that stuff. And I try to keep my content different on all of them, so keep okay. things interesting. So. That's tough. That's yeah, it tough. is. <laughs> it is. Well, but, cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for sitting down with me. Oh, thank you. Let's unplug. I kind of want to hear you play a song or two, so oh, we'll do that. Perfect. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jez. Thanks.
end of this edition. Special thanks to Chaz for getting together with me at my humble abode. Head over to chazhearn.com and keep in touch. One real cool thing I noticed on his website, something worth checking out, Chaz has a section, it's called Chaz's Thoughts, where Chaz reviews and recommends a whole slew of great artists worth checking out. It's really cool stuff. Ben here reminding you, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or any podcast app. So if you're listening on your browser, be sure to grab an app, or download the app, I mean, and listen on your phone. Thank you for lending your ears, no matter where you are, the gym, a walk, the car, Maybe I just forced you to listen as we chatted at a coffee shop. No matter where you are, I appreciate. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Rochester Groovecast. Be sure to check out Rochester Groovecast on Facebook. Leave a like. Tell your friends. Share. Tell your neighbors. And if you really feel charming, leave us a review on iTunes. It makes it easier for the podcast to get discovered that way. Ben here signing off. Thanks again for listening. I love you and stay groovy. Yes, we will spring things. So that's the spring song mm-hmm. uh, from the one year EP. And about the sleep talking. The sleep talking about the <laughs> national park. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, my wife is a little, like, she just doesn't really like the spotlight the way I do. So whenever I tell that story, I like a show live, she'll just be like, oh, she's like, uh, 
<laughs> so this song. This song is the opening song of Rise of the Voluminous, which I wrote and was singing, and I do like to sing it live, but it's just, it's in such a higher register that the girl Alex, who I did the one-year EP with, I have her sing lead on the song on the album, um, just because I love, I love albums with more than one singer, uh, mm-hmm. so I just wanted her to, just, you know, like, it's kind of a cool idea, too, people are like, oh, Chaz Hernan, let me listen, and it starts with a whole different singer, just to, like, throw you a curveball, just to yeah. get started, so. <laughs> Yeah, and it's called Arrival, and it's loosely based on, I mean, like, everything's supposed to be in, like, this fantasy world, but it's loosely based on sort of, like, when the ships of colonists came over to America and saw these Native Americans and started to, like, really enslave them and be terrible, and it's sort of, the album is sort of about people holding themselves accountable and, like, being a witness to injustice is just as bad as perpetuating it, or at least, Mm. maybe not just as bad, but very bad, so... This, album, this song is especially about, like, realizing, like, oh, I wasn't doing enough, so what can I do now? So that's sort of what it's about, so. Cool, man. Yeah. 